Welcome to the Vertifor Insurance Podcast with Rick Fox. We're here to talk about the industry with some of its biggest influencers. From technology, trends, and current events, if it's happening in insurance, you'll hear about it here. Make sure to tune in every week and join in on the conversation with us on social media at Vertifor. And now, here's Rick Fox. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Vertifor Insurance Podcast, the VIP. I am the host, Rick Fox, and today, back by popular demand, returning podcaster who's been on the show before, sort of our cyber guru, so to speak, Mr. Dustin Mooney. Dustin, thank you for being on with us again, man. How you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me again here, Rick. Um, I think last time we did this, we were face-to-face, and now we're doing it virtually. So a little bit of a different scenario, but very happy to be with you. So you didn't have to go there, man. Nobody <laughs> can tell. Our volume sounds so good. It's like you and I are sitting right? next to a fire right now. But no, that is the way of the world these days, isn't it? A lot more it virtual. Um, yep. So anyone who doesn't, I want to do a quick intro on Dustin. If you do not know him, shame on you for not already having listened to his uh, the episode that we did with him roughly probably about a year ago now. Does that sound right, Dustin? That sounds about right, yeah. Yeah, and he is all about cybersecurity. And the episode, if you haven't, go back, go to go to vertifor.com. Uh, this is a good way for me to do my housekeeping. Go to vertifor.com, under the resources tab, go to podcasts and search back at old episodes. Find the Dustin Mooney one is, is what we'll talk about today is sort of advanced cyber issues. And that was sort of the, uh, the intro and the things that were sort of you needed on your tool belt as it related to cyber and cybersecurity, cyber liability coverage, all the stuff that we talked about in that first episode. So if you haven't listened to that, if you have, go back and listen to it again. Get that on Apple, Spotify, anywhere you get those. Um, but today we're going to dig into something a little more specific and then so start a, sort of start specific and then work out from there how that sort of impacts not only this situation, but the, the companies that, that, it's, that are involved, how that looks for your companies out there in the world, how it looks for the states, and kind of the whole gamut of this thing that we're going to talk about. Uh, Dustin is the co-founder of Rigid Bits, and if you aren't already following him on Instagram, LinkedIn, go to their website. Uh, Dustin is a wealth of knowledge. Glad to have him back. Excited to do this. So everybody buckle up because we're going to dig pretty deep into something specific and then show you what it's all about. So I'm going to say this. Um, We sort of did a, we did kind of a download on this to start. And there is a very, very large lawsuit that's going on in New York that is unprecedented while at the same time potentially setting a bunch of precedents. Is that fair to say? I think that's perfectly said, actually, yeah. Right. So why don't you kind of tell that story? So, you know, we, we, we want to get this done in a, not three hours, so uh, right. <laughs> we don't need every detail. But, but make sure, if, if people don't know what's going on in the world or in this particular case, it's very important that they do because this could affect everyone. Uh, it, it certainly is in affecting some people right now, but... Kind of talk to us about the lawsuit that's going on in New York right now. Yeah, and, and just as you said, you know, this is this is deep. This is really heavy stuff. So I'm I'm just going to skim the surface. So I want everybody to kind of know that as I talk about what's going on here, and and we might get into some specifics, but this is generally what's going on. 
um, you have the Department of Financial Services in New York. They've created a law called 23NYCRR500. This is a requirement of, it's a cybersecurity requirement law for individuals and companies practicing in the financial sector and the insurance sector in the state of New York. So if you have customers in the state of New York, you may still need to abide by this particular state law. Okay. It doesn't mean that you actually physically reside there. Dustin, say so, it again. What's the number if people want to go Google it? 23NYCRR500. Okay. And so, um, you know, basically what happened was we created this law and it was sent out to all the companies saying, hey, you need to abide by this. You need to go meet these requirements. You need to implement these cybersecurity best practices. And there's about 11 or 12 key concepts and subjects that are part of this law. And so as this thing was disseminated, they, these companies were given a certain amount of time to meet these requirements. Now, there also are also some exemptions for smaller companies. You don't have to maybe meet the whole thing, but everybody has to do at least a little bit of something. Okay, so it's the responsibility of the company that's operating in the state of New York to know what those are. So they need to go take a look at that. We're talking about a big company today, so they really had to get on top of everything, right? And hold on, Dustin, let me jump in here. Sure. For those of you that right now are thinking, well, I'm not in New York, so this doesn't relate to me. You're wrong. Keep listening. Go ahead. Right. So this company is called First American Title Insurance Company. Okay. And they're you know massive, massive company all over the all over the United States. And so they certified to the state of New York saying, yes, we're meeting our cybersecurity requirements. We're checking all the boxes that you you are saying that we need to check. Here's our certification. So this is part of the process too, by the way. You need to actually document to the state of New York that you're actually doing these things. This is, this is why it's a little bit unprecedented. With most laws around cybersecurity, we have this kind of passive approach where we just hope everybody does the right thing. This one's actually checking. So it's, it's a little bit more advanced. So that's a really important thing to mention. Okay. But so we have this company that said they were doing all these great things. And um, turns out, I guess I'll start at the end of the story. There was a security researcher that found a vulnerability in one of their systems and found that this vulnerability was exposing customer records, sensitive data, personally identifiable information. If you go take a look at the law, they're going to use a word called non-public information. Okay. And go see that definition, go read that so that you can go look at your data and go, okay, do I have any of this? So this company and the answer to that is 100% yes, for yeah. every insurance person at any yeah. agency or carrier in the world. That's non-public information you have in your database, in your management system. So keep listening. All right, go ahead, Dustin. Sure. And so uh, this researcher found this vulnerability. They notified the company actually and told them like, hey, you're, I can get to any of your customer records. I have the access to all of this information. And, and First American actually kind of ignored it at first. Then the security researcher published it. They put it out there for everybody to know that this was going on. And only then did First American go, okay, we need to fix this. And they did. <laughs> so there's a lot that happened before this researcher, you know, found this vulnerability. And I kind of want to go into some of that, Rick, if you're okay with me kind of talking about how this really actually played out. Yeah, that's fine. Cool. So um, this company has two, this is a tale of two systems. That's what I'm calling this. So they have this document sharing system that they call FAST, and then they have a web application called Eagle Pro. Okay, a web application is the thing that they're logging into for processing data. The, the backend is, is saving the documents and allows the sharing, okay? And so as they try to provide insurance services to their customers, they have to share a lot of information with outside parties. 
So they give them access to this system so that they can upload the sensitive information that they may need to actually approve you know, an insurance policy or something like this, okay? So there's these many different fingers in these systems and many different companies touching this and providing information. So the interesting thing about this is that if you are operating on the system, you very well know that you're sending sensitive data here. But one of the mistakes that First American made is that the management team said that they were unaware that these systems were processing and storing non-public information. Now, there's this huge disconnect, right? So if you use it, you know that it definitely has non-public, but the management is saying, oh, we didn't know that. So it's really this breakdown in understanding the process. Kind of like the coach at a major college uh, that, that gets caught for recruiting violations saying, oh, I had no idea that that guy was getting money, that <laughs> right. kind of a thing. Exactly. Okay. It's like, right, really, good. did you really not know that? So yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> right. yeah. Great yeah. analogy there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there was this sensitive information. So what they were doing is they were relying on the employees to tag the files that they were uploading saying, hey, this has something sensitive in it. So you're kind of relying on this human being to do the right thing. Well, we know human beings make mistakes and we know sometimes human beings don't do the right thing, right? So you have this opportunity for all this sensitive information to get into the system and nobody knows it's sensitive. Okay, so that's kind of the operational problem. The cybersecurity problem here is that they have a set of developers that you know, manage these web applications and these systems. All the way back in 2014, they applied a patch to, the, to one of these systems and, and this is where the vulnerability got introduced. However, they patched this Eagle Pro system, it caused a small problem. And so this is the technical detail of what happened. When these, um, when these documents are uploaded, a link gets sent to email. You click this link, it takes you to the document, okay? Now what the hacker or the security researcher figured out is that all he had to do was change one number in one of the parameters of how they were identifying these documents and they could get to the next one and the next one and the next one and the next one. And he could access anything that he wanted so long wow. as the number of the parameter wow. he was changing was right. Okay. So this is kind of how hackers attack web applications anyway. So it's not really like a big surprise, like, oh my God, he did something crazy secretive. He really didn't. It's a very trivial attack. It's, it's nothing special. Um, so this information, uh, was, was accessed by this researcher, right? And, and so this was the problem, right? Anybody with a link could go in there, go to the document they wanted, and then start changing numbers in the URL to get different documents. Hmm. And so this vulnerability was known by First American. There was a security team on their internal team that did an assessment against these web applications, and they found that this vulnerability existed. So they shared that information with the application development team to go fix it. So some, there's some more mistakes that happened here. As they, um, as they uh, transmitted this information about this vulnerability, they mislabeled the severity of it as, as a medium, okay? And this is like a really high severity vulnerability because of how sensitive the information is that... So there was a misunderstanding of how important this was. And then they assigned it to, an, to what the lawsuit says is like a junior employee. And not only that, they gave them this list of 20 vulnerabilities, like, hey, you need to go fix all of these things. And this particular one that was so high was in the middle. And so the attention it needed and the importance of it got lost in the transfer from the different teams, okay? And so the vulnerability sat there. So another big problem that First American made is that they had a policy and a procedure that says, if we find a vulnerability, we have this amount of time to go fix it. 
and they didn't fix it in that amount of time. And again, just kind of, as I said, in the end, they didn't fix it until somebody published it on the internet. So I'll just pause there, Rick. Uh, that was a lot to take in. <laughs> so yeah, that's like, kind like of I, what Yeah, happened. that's for, okay. So, so let, let me, let me give you the, 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 uh, reader's digest version of that and see if I'm right or not. Okay. Dustin. Sure. Good idea. Really bad things were not only originally said, sure, we're doing all of that. Uh, they weren't, they were found. They didn't address it in a proper way. And then they got the wrist slapped for it. Is that pretty, is that it? That's the, the exactly short way? Okay. Yeah, that's so, exactly so tell me where, so this is a title insurance company. So they have really, really, uh, not public information like this is real estate at its biggest like i mean this is the everything that has to do with the title on on people's homes think about that in terms of the things that we do in our industry is more property and casualty or life and health same kind of thing though it's really sensitive information that that is in in our control so so one um let me ask this question is new york the only state that's making you sort of say, yes, I'm doing these things currently? Right now, the way that New York is handling this particular law, yes. Okay. However, yeah, um, that's the NAIC, yeah, so the National Association for Insurance Commissioners mm -hmm. is looking at this law, writing their own, and then disseminating it to different states and saying, we would like you to pass this as legislation. Yeah, that's, where, that's where I was going. So this, is, so this is a, like a, okay, let's see what they did yeah. And now let's take that at the, at the NAIC level sort of across the, the, the country and start implementing this because it was a good, it's a good idea. Uh, some might argue it wasn't. First American sure as heck would argue that it wasn't a good idea to have to be in this case. Um, but they didn't, they dropped the ball in like nine different areas. And this is a huge company that has teams. And like you said, they have, like their own internal hackers trying to break things mm -hmm. and they still got, are going to get gutted on this thing, right? Like what's, where are we at in the case at this moment in time as we record? Yeah. So there's a, a hearing scheduled in October, uh, ironically enough is cybersecurity awareness month. So um, that's going to be interesting that that's happening. Um, so yeah, I, I think we're in a little bit of a holding pattern, but okay. I, I think this will be really interesting to see how this all plays out, right? Because in a way, I have this sensation that maybe this company's being made an example, mm -hmm. but you know, there's some value in understanding that hey, like that's coming. You know, these things are going to keep coming. This isn't just going to happen once and then we look the other way. Well, and this is in your wheelhouse. So, so let me ask this question. Uh, like, like we already said, this is sort of the um, let's do what New York's doing mentality. I mean, we have that in so many different things in legislature that we do all over the country. But, but are are you know, this is your, this is what you do. Is this a, is this a game changer for all of us? Like for the world? Like, does this set a precedent that changes maybe, maybe for the good, what everyone is sort of required to do, or at least needs to be very aware of what's happening? Is that, is that fair to say? I think the answer is yes and no. So I'll tell you why yes first. So yes, Yes, because, and this is again, my opinion as a cybersecurity professional that lives in this world on a daily basis. Yeah. So, so use that as your approach, right? So a lot of these laws typically were not enforced until something bad goes wrong. 
Right. And I think that's the big shift that we're seeing here. That's the big thing that I always was like, why are we making a law and not enforcing it? We're just hoping that everybody Speed limit's 55. Everybody's going 80 and the police are sitting right there. And that's that's exactly, that's exactly what's happening. Right. And now, so now we're putting some speed traps and just to go along with your radar gun. We finally got them radar guns. And then to say, the reason why I said no too, is because the New York law from a technical standpoint, it's nothing special. It's just kind of what you should be doing about cybersecurity anyways. And if you've ever followed, if followed a framework or if you've had to meet HIPAA compliance or any other sort of compliance, these things all overlap. So we're not talking about some groundbreaking, really difficult and confusing topics. Like these, these are just repeats of things that we've seen already in the past. So nothing too crazy about it. It's actually pretty simple law. Um, it does take a lot of effort to meet, but it's easy to understand if you understand cybersecurity. So just nothing terribly groundbreaking in the requirements. So I would say this, I look at this sort of, and I want to put this, I want to put my, my uh, cyber professional lens on for a second and kind of see this through your eyes. Like I look at it from, from our perspective of, of people of the insurance industry, we deal with car accidents all the time and people, you know, they either they get injured or they, God forbid, there's, there's actual deaths or people's homes burn down or there's, you know, the catastrophic things that go on, like the wildfires in California or hurricanes that, that hit the, the East Coast and the South. We, we sort of, we're hyper-focused and hypersensitive to risk and loss as it relates to usually property and casualty. Um, a lot of life, life and health listeners as well that obviously we know what that means. I, my point of this is, Dustin, is your day-to-day is seeing this firsthand, these cyber problems, the, the security breaches, the, the, the vulnerabilities. Mm-hmm. And when you reached out and you, you brought this to our attention, like, tell me why I, as a person who just knows the word cyber and like, learn more from our podcast last year about it probably i'm being honest than i than i had known in the past by a lot why why is this so important to us as maybe humans first and then specifically as it relates to us as insurance people uh and i mean that from a like an agency perspective a carrier perspective our own business our own data and and the possibility and then take that one more step which is what does that mean for our customers and what does this what does this road look like yeah um you may have to repeat like two and three but let me get to your first one <laughs> there's a lot of questions um, i just threw yeah, at you right? you were writing those down <laughs> no i wasn't i got them in my head though so this yeah. human aspect right this this you know what does this mean to us as human beings um i think it speaks a lot to a struggle that that we're kind of all living with at the moment. And that's how much data we put out about ourselves. And so when you go sign up for a product and you go buy a service and you need insurance, you're giving them so much of your information, right? And so there's a lot of value from a hacker's perspective to steal that information and sell it, okay? So we are the product, right? So people want us, they wanna know about us. So just this human element behind it, you know, that's why it's all so important to all of us so, you know, again, in this case, First American gave away the customer data that they received from their customers and probably promised that they would protect, and they didn't. 
question two. Yeah. How does it, okay, uh, let me let me repeat question. Sure. Question two is how does this affect us as insurance specific people that own like, or any industry, but our businesses? Like what, what are the, what are the things that we, even more than we've been doing that we need to be hyper aware of and sensitive to that we don't have vulnerabilities as it relates to our own business. And this exact situation, if I own ABC insurance agency and I'm sitting on a couple thousand customers and a lot of non-public data in my management system, and I'm sharing the, some of that information, either we, whether that's through portals to the carriers or through emails and, and documents, what, Talk to me about what, what I need to either be doing or at least be super, super in tune with making sure I'm not doing as it relates to what's going on in the world, but, but specifically to kind of what we're talking about now as a yeah, business. Sure. I, I, think, um, I think I would say to remain vigilant and be aware. You know, know that these things are going on and know that you may have a similar responsibility to address some of these cybersecurity concerns. So that's kind of like my general answer. I think, I think maybe more specifically what I would recommend or give something people to chew on is, you know, what are the impacts to my business if I don't do these things, right? And so we can think about impacts to the data, right? We already know that the data got out and the customers are now impacted. So how does that affect your business? Right, so we have these reputational things we need to consider. Mm -hmm. We have financial impacts that we need to consider. We have this disruption that's going to happen. Right, we have this you know public announcement that we're being charged. You know, so there are these impacts that are going to happen. So that's why it's important to stay on top of these things, and then to really take a look at yourself. There's there's two words, Rick, that I probably mentioned in our first podcast, and that's due diligence and due care. And so due diligence is your own statement of, hey, I'm a business. I'm collecting sensitive information. I need to make sure that I'm protecting that adequately. It's the right thing to do. <clears throat> your due care is your follow-up. How am I going to protect these things? What cybersecurity best practices am I going to get, get in place? What tests am I going to run? Okay, let me go do it. So that's really how we want to be approaching this topic. And I'd also say maybe just if you, if you hadn't heard of this case that's going on, Google it right now, you know, first American title insurance, uh, New York cyber case, or, uh, you know, that, that some, whatever, you know, Google will find it for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. uh, and then the third thing is as that relates, and I think this is what I really was so happy about when we recorded our other podcast was for those out there in the world that know enough about cyber to be dangerous, but maybe not enough to be a trusted advisor. Kind of, kind of just walk me down the road of maybe it's just a sort of shampoo, rinse, repeat of what we've already been saying, but how do I deal with this as it relates to my customers, not their data, but, you know, the conversations we're having and kind of what this, what the road looks like ahead and where I need to be from an, you know, a knowledge perspective to really yeah. feel like I'm doing my job. Okay. So yeah, definitely to answer this question, I think there's something very specific that everybody should go do. And uh, what they should know is where is my data and how much of it is there? Okay. So how do you do that? And I've been having a lot of conversations with my customers, with you know different people, uh, even in this conversation. And some things that I'm seeing, some patterns that I'm observing is that a lot of, a lot of these businesses that need to get on top of these things 
they don't have an adequate inventory of all of the systems that they're using. So HR's got these, accounting's got these, sales has these, right? And they're being managed in all these different places. And when I say system, think about these cloud applications we're logging into. Think about these services that we're subscribing to to help us run our businesses. Think about where we're putting our data. So the first thing is to find out what are my systems? Which of those systems has the most sensitive and important data? And then what can I do to protect those systems? So even if it lives in the cloud and you're not actively storing that information, your customers still think that they gave it to you and that you're responsible for it, okay? And you are responsible for it. So one thing you can do for all these systems and applications is to actually log into them as some sort of administrator and turn on the security settings. That's something that anybody on this call can go do and configure these settings so that they automatically are reducing their risk and protecting their customer data. You're doing your due diligence and you're doing your due care. And quite frankly, you're protecting yourself because if anything like this, a lawsuit comes at you, you can say, hey, I turned on my security settings. And if you can't say that, there may be some liability. And just right there in the last 30 seconds is something that I would want in my holster as I was going out and talking to customers about their insurance and as, and as it relates to maybe some cyber. Uh, just that, that little like tidbit of, of like, Hey, do this for your customers would be so powerful and give you that position of, of trusted advisor that we want, so, that we cherish so much in this industry. Uh, Dustin, do, do you want to put a bow on this thing? I want, I don't, I want to, I want to, I mean, we could talk for days, but, but right. what, what is your thoughts on like, you know, give me the big takeaway. Like, should people, should people be you know, sort of, you know, calmly watching this case develop? Should they be, you know, having it set on their, their feed so they're getting new information? Like, what's the, what's the urgency to what's happening? What's the sort of short-term, long-term to yeah. kind of the, the end result? I think uh, what I would say to the individuals listening is, if you're operating in the state of New York, and you haven't certified to the New York Department of Financial Services, you're already behind because these dates for when you were supposed to do things have already passed. Okay, so there's my, there's my first warning for, for that group of people. The other group of people are the people that are living in these NAIC states where the law mm -hmm. has passed. I believe there's 10 of them, um, 10 states right now. And, and every year there's more, right? So the trajectory is that eventually everybody will implement this. So if it's not already happening to you, it is coming. So I think my advice is, you know, don't wait for that law to say you have three months to do this because some, some of my customers call me and say, Hey, I only have three months. Yeah. It's just not enough time. Right? So if you, if you know, you live in one of these States, get on top of it, figure out what your requirements are. And if you can go look up legislation and see that these things are coming and if it's coming, you might want to get a head start because this is a lot of work. And I think what's so great about this conversation, Dustin, is that it's just one of those conversations that I think so many people still are, thinking, well, that won't happen to me. Mm. And the more we can sort of get it out in the public, you know, out into this world, at least the universe of the VIP podcast, it, it's so crucial to me that we do, we give the right information. And, and as always, as, as I knew you would delivered great, great Intel, great information. I would say this, I'm hoping what this does is spark some people to kind of dig in a little deeper to cyber. It's kind of one of those things where I think all of us, our human nature is to stay in our lane sort of, you know, and, and the things that we know best are the things that we do. 
and cyber might not be your specialty. Uh, it needs to become something you're very familiar with. You don't have to make, you don't have to become the next Dustin Mooney. You don't have to be a, a, a cyber guru, like I call him. But, but at some point, you, you need to be able to have the right conversations, give people the right advice, and drive them down the road and help them if, in fact, you do want to do your job, which is cover them for, for risk. And this is a very, very risky situation. I would say maybe if I said this earlier, I really think it's important. Uh, in fact, we'll put the link in, our, in the post on the social as well. Uh, go check out Dustin's uh, podcast from last year. It was, it's sort of your intro to cyber. We go much deeper than intro, but that one's sort of the, the tool belt conversation. I remember Dustin's CIA, so mm -hmm. remember that. Right. And um, if, you don't, if you don't know what I mean by that, please go listen to the episode. And I would also say this is the kind of conversation that if you're sitting there going, yeah, that's not going to happen to me, you're wrong. And you should be reaching out. Make sure you're connected with Dustin. LinkedIn, the best way to get you, Dustin? LinkedIn is perfect, yeah. And what's the website if they want to come check you out at RigidBits? Yeah, you can check it out. Check us out at RigidBits.com. And then I would suggest everybody take a look at the blog. You know, we've got some really good content. We actually have two blog posts about this particular topic. So if you want some more specifics, you can go That's read awesome. that. And I think what's great too is if you're an owner, or agency principal, or you know someone in a position where you have someone that sort of let's say handles your cyber liability for your office, connect them with Dustin, connect them with that blog, have them listen to these podcasts, and start upping their game because there are enough people out there that aren't that you can differentiate yourself in the world of cyber insurance right now. Dustin, my man, thank you so much for being on. As always, you delivered and we appreciate you, man. I appreciate it as well. Thank you, Rick. Thanks everybody for tuning in. Again, do not forget to go to vertifor.com under the resources tab and podcasts and subscribe on the website because then you get the extra bonus emails that have little clips and, and additional pieces of content that we put that only for those subscribers and as you know don't forget to make sure that you are connected with me on linkedin and i will i will respond to any question let me know anything we could be doing better anybody you think should be on the show or just tell us we're doing a great job thanks everybody for tuning in thanks again dustin and we will see everybody next week thank you for listening to the vertifor insurance podcast and tune in next thursday for a brand new episode you can find more episodes at vertifor.com under the resources tab or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you subscribe. And if you enjoyed this episode, share it on social and spread the word. Don't forget to join in on the conversation and recommend future guests by messaging us at vertifor.